Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Mom Zone. Breaking news, the Fremont family declares where they're going for back to school. The Fremonts are going with Academy. Uh, Mrs. Fremont, why Academy over another store? When my kids say they'll never use math in the real world, I just show them how low my Academy receipt is. Do you have any other thoughts? Look, back to school is a numbers game, and numbers don't lie. Nobody starts your season with better brands and lower prices than Academy. Academy Sports and Outdoors. For all, for less. Price match guarantee details at academy.com. This is the Drive and Dish Podcast. Talking about NBA news, stats, and fantasy. Part of the Almighty Baller Network. You haven't even started yet! The Drive and Dish Podcast. We start right now. So I'm not a huge fan of The Rock. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of, like, action movies and that kind of thing, unless you're talking about, like, Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude Van Damme and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day when I was, like, 13, right? Um, but I'm on Instagram. And do you guys follow uh, House of Highlights on Instagram? No. Follow The Rock, don't follow House of Highlights. I was going to say, really? if it's something The yeah. Rock posted, I know what you're talking about. But, yeah, no, I don't follow House of Highlights, I don't think. I don't like The Rock that much. Might be already the worst take you've ever had on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> why? I was going to say, I genuinely got upset when you first said that. I was like, oh, my <laughs> yeah, God, like, why? What? Who, who doesn't like The Rock? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, he, he just, the dude just kind of annoys me, and I don't know if it's because he's so perfect and good looking, and uh, like, I don't know what it is. But anyway, I just, I don't, I don't really like him all that much. Okay. Anyway, so on House of Highlights, he had posted this video where he's in Canada, and he's talking oh. about, um, doing this like little inspirational thing, but he's talking about how, uh, you know, when he first, when he was a lot younger, this first time in Canada, um, he was playing for the Canadian football team and all he wanted to do was get to the NBA NFL or not the NBA, the, the NFL. And, um, he was cut from the team like six days later or something like that. He had to go back to the United States with like $7 in his pocket. And he's, he's saying all this while he's about to go film, uh, a movie that he's really excited about in Canada. And he says something at the end of the video, and he's like, sometimes the best things in life that happen to you are the things that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about that and, and you know, all the things that we go through in, in life that, that really uh, take our minds into different places and down the rabbit hole and how we get up so upset about everything, uh, you know, that happens to us and worrying about things that don't really matter. And some of the stuff that, that, doesn't happen to us we get so upset about but it really might be just the best thing that ever did happen to us you know yeah it's always weird i mean it's always weird to think about the what ifs like back in the day i had an internship interview in philly for um and i was like really set on interning in philly i'd put all my eggs into that basket it was going to be one of those things and i'm not getting it like just straight up didn't get the internship um I'll, I'll admit it it was probably the worst interview i've ever had in my life just totally bricked it and i was like didn't think i was going to get an internship i was stressing blah 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 blah. one thing led to another i got an internship on, up on long island where i was going to hofstra and that internship directly led to me getting the job at jacksonville so yeah glad i kind of bricked that interview and without <laughs> that we wouldn't have the drive and dish podcast we wouldn't have the drive and dish podcast which welcome everybody you're listening to the drive and dish nba podcast my name is kevin rafuse joining me to my left my co-host tim Tompkins. ball don't lie and behind the boards keeping us honest as always our producer justin kuzart y'all sleeping on connor by the way 
I'm honestly really excited for this fight. I'll be. I'll be. That's the only reason. Are I'm you? Are you actually though? Yes. I. I need this to be better than the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. I'm sorry. It's not going to be. It's going to be worse. Mayweather Dude. is either going to dance with him or he's going to knock him out in ten seconds. No, Connor's going to come out swinging. He's got the length. He's got no, the youth. No. It was Kent Bazemore, by the way. In case you were. Oh. In case you were wondering. <laughs> I, like we don't I don't know if we really have talked about this on here at all but Floyd Mayweather like there Conor McGregor has a 0% chance of beating Floyd Mayweather. Floyd May- Mayweather is maybe the best boxer of all time. Conor McGregor is not even the best boxer in the UFC. How is he going to beat a professional boxer in a boxing match? He's McGregor, dude. This is stupid. This is like this fight is a representation of the dumbing down of America. We firing <laughs> up the cannon. This is such a waste of time. I'm going to save this audio. And bring it back up the day after the fight when uh, McGregor's a champion. That being said, I was invited to a party with a lot of people uh, to watch this fight. That's where I'm And I'm be. so excited to just go and hang out with everybody. I asked them if there were going to be snacks. And I said <laughs> I would like I would like a, a cheese platter. And the person hosting the party said that he would have a cheese platter for me. That's very Wait, nice. You, you asked for a cheese. Why don't you bring a cheese platter? You're not taking anything over? No, I mean, I'll, I'll bring some beer, but I just asked if you're going to invite me to a party, are there going to be snacks? <laughs> I think I'm going to be at that same party with you, Tim. Oh, I'm so excited. Everybody's going to be there, and they're going to have Justin and snacks. <laughs> yo, what, yo, what, do I not get an invite to this party? I know I live in Orlando now, but damn, it's nah. only two hours away. Nah, man, yeah, it's, no, a, it's I, a Jackson. I don't think you got the invite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to box somebody off screen. We're talking about boxing. <laughs> uh, so a couple of things before we get into the review. One is that we are part of the Almighty Ball and Podcast Network, and there are a ton of really, really good uh, podcasts on the network. So if you're looking for a team-specific one or something a little bit more like ourselves, where we cover all the teams in the NBA, just go over to almightyballer.com. And uh, so last week on the show, we did our NBA anti-awards. Which were a ton of fun. Like, I had so much fun with those. I can't wait to do it next year already. I'm, like, already talking about next year's awards, which obviously you can't because we haven't seen anybody play yet. So I was saying, Tim, we should do a we should do an anti-awards every month. Every month. <laughs> just steady. Just, we are just steady, the biggest hater to the NBA. Oh, just stay trolling. Every player would hate us by the end. So you guys roasted Evan Turner, and then, Justin, you ended up getting into uh, a really fun Twitter conversation with Evan <laughs> no, Turner afterwards. I, I know. I felt really bad about it. Like, he was just talking. We were talking about if he was ever going to podcast, and I was asking him where he was doing it and how he was going to go about it. And I'm just like, the whole time I'm thinking, man, and I just roasted this dude. <laughs> I've said all along, like, I wish Evan Turner was as good as basketball, professional basketball, as he is off the mic. Like, Evan Turner off the mic is one of the funniest people, and he's consistently been that. Like, I'll remember when um, when he was in Philly, it was maybe his second or third year, you know how they have the media day where they go behind the scenes and everybody takes their pictures for the year and there's all that stuff. So Evan Turner gets on the mic with the PR guy and he just goes, all right, and they're live streaming. He just goes, is this thing on? It's not on at first. And he goes, Let me, you know how you do like your mic check? Mm-hmm. Well, Evan Turner just goes, oh, and of course it goes over. And he's just like, Evan Turner was like, wait, that was live? Oh, <laughs> okay, I got to send you guys this video. It's just so funny. I just think we forget like how good he was on the Celtics a couple of years ago. All he, right, let's not jump off the cliff. He was good on the Celtics for one year. Yeah, well, that was a, that was an impactful year. Also coming up uh, this week, later on in the week, is that we're doing a midweek with Paul Garcia. We're going to talk a lot of Spurs, so that'll come out probably on Wednesday or Thursday. But the biggest thing you can do that helps us out is by leaving us a review on iTunes. It really helps with the algorithm aspect of people finding out about our podcast. And this week we have a review from... You got a review from America this week. It is titled The Glue Guys of Basketball Podcasts. It's a five-star review by Magic Man 407 And the review goes, Tim, Kevin, and Justin are the glue guys of NBA podcasts. These guys contribute to the podcast world like your Draymond Green or Joe Engels. They provide the chemistry, passion for the game, and comedic relief when needed. When it comes down to it, glue guys are all about making each other better and winning. And that's why this podcast is a winner. Winners in all caps, and there's a trophy emoji after it. Keep it up, guys. And remember that glue guys almost always get that dollar sign emoji. It's actually a bag of money, which is better than one dollar sign. I'd rather have a bag of money than a dollar sign. 
I, I mean, I agree with you. A bag of money is always better than one money. Um, also, he, he put my name first, and I just really appreciate that. Oh, God, you had to ruin it. <laughs> and then I was thinking with a bag of money, you know, like back in the day, uh, you'll watch like videos of, of like knights and, you know, uh, from the medieval times. Whenever mm-hmm. they're buying anything, they just throw somebody like a bag of money. Nobody ever counts it. It's just a bag of money. You just They just all understandably agree that that's how much money is going to be in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Every time they make a purchase, it's just an in, 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 uh, inconsequential amount of money that nobody checks or anything. How much is this? Okay, here's a bag of money. I, I love it. So anyway, thank you so much for the review. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really glad that's what we took away from the review was that knights back in the day paid with sacks of money. <laughs> but no not one the glue guys, out. not the chemistry, not the really thoughtful review. But knights paid with sacks of money. They did. I guess, that, I guess that's why we're the glue guys. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, water bed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. <laughs> If you want to see what we talk about on the show in picture form, follow us on Instagram. Just search Drive and Dish Podcast. So Zach Randolph, man, uh, arrested in L.A. And this part really bothers me. So I understand a certain amount of marijuana is going to get you uh, a charge that is larger than possession. He was arrested with about two pounds of pot. Um, and they're charging him with intent to sell. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, Zach Randolph is rich af and likely doesn't need to be selling pot to anybody. That, that was, was probably just his personal stash because he buys a bunch at once so he doesn't have to deal with it. Right. Like, that was my first thought. I was like, you're really going to come out here and make it sound like Zach Randolph's trying to sell pot to people in L.A.? Like, come right. on. <laughs> it's literally legal. <laughs> right. Like, it's totally, <laughs> like, although a bunch of people, because that was one of my questions. I was like, isn't it technically legal out there? And a bunch of people responding back said, you know, it, it kind of is. There's still a gray area where you're not really supposed to smoke it outside. And obviously two yeah. pounds is kind of frowned upon. Well, that, well, that's everywhere, though. Like in Colorado and Washington State and all these places have legalized. Like it's I know, at least from my understanding of the law, is like you still can't obviously smoke outside. You can't smoke near schools, hospitals, like basically everything with cigarettes. I And I know that like I know California legalized it. I don't know if. Like, cause remember how, like we, when we went to Vegas, they had just legalized it that week. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like, there's always that grace period and California like passed the law, but I think they're still kind of in that grace period. Well, so don't really I don't know. know, but somebody pointed out, I saw this on Reddit. There's a picture last year of Zach Randolph with a flip phone and somebody <laughs> was like, oh, it all makes so much sense now. <laughs> it always is true. If you see people who are like in movies, if they're drug dealers, they always have like a flip phone. They never like, I don't understand. Why can't you have an iPhone? I don't understand it. What What's the problem? Because they're getting they're getting burner phones man it's the same thing prostitutes always have burner phones too i think <laughs> my question my 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 other question is when are we going to get to a point where iphones are also going to be burner phones well they we aren't because the next iphone's like a thousand dollars and as much as i love apple not to get off like basketball talk i'm not paying a thousand dollars for a phone no I, I agree. I'm, I'm just not doing it like i'll go get a samsung or something so let me let me ask you this about about randolph because I, I i've become a big uh, just because it's on when i'm home uh watcher of tiki and tierney and they were talking about how they felt depending on the punishment that the nba came down with that the kings may want to consider releasing him because right. of a bec- wait because of a locker room problem Blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, you can elaborate on that how much you want. But well, he could be suspended from the NBA for for um, uh, for like a year or whatever right. for a violation of the league's anti-drug policy. So it's the same thing that happened to O.J. Mayo right before like everybody in the NBA got super rich. <laughs> Which was just the worst timing for him. <laughs> We're just opening yeah, that wound again. <laughs> Yeah, OJ Mayo, man, he he went just off the map real quick. That went from ooh, that 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 career faded quickly. Also, can we just can we stop arresting people for pot in 2017? Well, I mean, it's two pounds of pot, so I get where they're coming from. Like that's a lot of pot. 
Right, that is an extreme amount of five like, to have. But honestly, like, do we care in 2017? No, but the but again, do you think the Kings should do something about it? Like, are you are you worried? Uh, should the Kings be worried? Does this derail their off season that everyone's saying is their like rebound? No, I don't think this derails anything. I think people are laughing because I feel like Kings fans think that there's been too much non-dysfunction and that they were waiting for something to happen. But, like, honestly, has, has Zach Randolph even remotely been called anything of a locker room cancer in the last decade? Like, if this was back in the day, I could maybe see a little more concern. But, no, if Zach Randolph doesn't get suspended by the league, this is not going to cause a lingering problem here. Here, newsflash, everybody. Almost everybody in the NBA smokes pot. Oh. I mean, it's better. It's better it's than them it. taking uh, prescription pills. Yeah, it's way. It's or drinking alcohol. Essentially, yeah. I mean, well, it depends on like because even if smoking in general is not great. So, even, but if you're doing like edibles and stuff, right? Do you guys remember Michael Phelps? Uh, <laughs> he got he got like busted for pot, and everyone was like up in arms. And I was just thinking, it's actually more impressive he could do that while he was yeah, Michael Phelps won twenty gold medals. <laughs> right, I think he yeah. can smoke pot <laughs> it, it wasn't it's pot's not a performance enhancer me and my me and my friends were joking about and and not to get too off topic but we were joking about how if you win a gold medal you should be able to cash in one of those gold medals to do something illegal <laughs> <laughs> so like you do something illegal the cops show up you just hand them a gold medal they'll be like all right about your business sir <laughs> just leave well we um you know people do illegal stuff all the time like we walk around breaking the law you know, hey, but- the, vibe, the views of Tim Tompkins do not <laughs> represent the views of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. No, I'm, I'm just saying if you actually go and you like look at all the different laws and everything, people break the law all the time. Like the jaywalking. difference is some people get caught for it and some yeah. people don't. You yeah. know, depending on the the extreme that, that you want to talk about, uh, you know, speeding, you're breaking the law. Like people go around breaking the law all of the time. Jaywalking, breaking the law. Uh, it's it's just constant. Every time you don't uh, put on your blinker or whatever, you're breaking the law. So people do it all the time. It just happens to be Zach Randolph was doing it with two pounds of pot and he was arrested for it. <laughs> the Driving Dish NBA can now be played hands free. Just say to your Amazon Echo, play podcast, the Driving Dish NBA, and you can hear all our episodes. All right, so this episode is the Ask Us Anything episode, and we have a lot of awesome mailbag questions for you guys that you send in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So thank you, everybody. Again, make sure you're following all our social medias, Facebook, Driving Dish NBA Podcast. Like us on Twitter at Driving Dish NBA, on Instagram at Driving Dish Podcast. But we have a few questions, firstly, we want to answer before we get into mailbag. So you know, a few rapid-fire questions that we're going to go through here. Number one, so the Raptors are off the Christmas Day games again, which I feel like we can then loop this into a general Christmas Day games discussions. They are the only team from the Eastern Conference Finals to not get a Christmas game. They haven't had one in the last few years. So the question that we have is, is the league purposely slighting the Raptors? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But yes. what would be their yes, reasoning? Well, their reasoning, and somebody actually, and I wish I could give the guy credit, I can't remember who I was getting into a uh, discussion with on Twitter the other day, uh, but he pointed out that there's no ESPN money from games in Canada. Oh, there you go. Right when I saw this, I was like, let's go to Raptors Reddit and see what everybody thinks. (laughs) Oh, no, what did they say? (laughs) They're like... They're like, Sears, oh, they were pissed. They said, yeah, I bet. They said, how are you going to give the Wizards a game when they got the fourth seed last year? Like, come on. And I was thinking, they're like, we should definitely be playing the Celtics. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I want to see the Celtics and Wizards play each other on Christmas. They hate each other. And then, of course, they were, they were attacking the Knicks and Sixers, which I get that a little bit more because, I mean, in record-wise, it's like, come on, you probably should have the Raptors in there somewhere over well, the, the Knicks. Cr- over the Sixers, the Christmas come Day on. games, people have got to figure out the pattern by now is the thing. Is that like, yeah, the Knicks and the Sixers aren't as good of teams as the Raptors, but the pattern seems to be with the league is that they always put two younger teams as the first game and the very last game. The meat of the Christmas Day games is in the middle of the slot. So it's like, yeah, you can hate on, on Philly and New York, and I get it because it's like, I mean, especially for the Knicks, and I'm, I promise I'm not being a homer, but like for the Sixers, at least you have Embiid, Fultz, and Ben Simmons. Those are three high Maybe. draft picks. We don't you know how the season's going to pan out with that, though. 
all right, well, maybe I'm an optimistic and then I think all three are going to be healthy on Christmas. But if all three are there, like you could say they're one of the up and coming premier teams, the same way Minnesota is, the same way L.A. is. You know, when you put those guys on TV, New York, it's just it's the biggest media market in the world. It's always going to get that draw. Like, I get it. I think that I don't necessarily want to watch the Knicks on Christmas either, but it's just unfortunately one of those realities we have to live with. To the Washington-Boston point, is there? I mean, there aren't many better rivalries in the NBA right now, period, than Boston-Washington. So I get Toronto fans' argument, but those two teams actually hate each other. I'd rather watch those two teams play than Toronto. I don't know that it's a conspiracy. I think there are past years where Toronto had a better argument to be on Christmas. Like last year specifically, I thought they kind of got hosed a little bit. That's valid. But this particular year... You know, you could argue for one of them again in the Boston-Washington slot, but with how good that rivalry's been, I'm just hard-pressed to not have them and put Toronto in there. I was, when the, when those games that came out, I was like, here's my uh, here's my surprise face that the Cavs and Warriors are going to play each other. Well, they have to. <laughs> yeah, right. That's I what mean, I'm yeah, saying. I mean, no, they that's have to. That's just, what, that's just, you know, what, what it is. And that happened back in the day when it was... Um, uh, when it was the Mavericks and Heat, you know, right. uh, the Mavericks and Heat got that got that Christmas Day game the following year. My only thing is, so I'm happy that the Sixers are in, which, by the way, congratulations, guys. I know it's been many years since you've had a Christmas Day game, and I think that's <laughs> long awesome. Uh, real long time. And I'm really happy that the, the Timberwolves are in. But if, if I were the league, what I would have done is I would have put the Sixers against the Lakers, either yep. in the morning or uh, in the evening. And for the Wolves, I would have had them playing a team like the Pelicans. Where you, you know? got yeah. the two stars. Yeah, where you where you where you have some stars that, that you're featuring, or if you know, even if you would have had Wolves Raptors, you know, um, and that's where I think the league made the mistake. I get the argument that New York is the the biggest market and blah blah blah, but you know, the the Knicks are trash. Uh, they're always going to be trash. They're sure as hell going to be trash next year, and you shouldn't suffer. Uh, people that have to watch that garbage uh, in the morning but you know hats off to the Sixers for getting their game I get that I just I would have put again it would have been Sixers Lakers and then it would have been Wolves um, you know Raptors or Wolves Pelicans or something like that I'll come out with a hot take and and North we the North don't come after me for this please but I have but I do want to ask this just for sake of asking it is Porzingis though more entertaining for a casual fan and a and a you know, not necessarily diehard NBA viewer. Is Porzingis a bigger draw than anybody on Toronto is? Well, of course, but I mean, that doesn't, you know, so, so are the Lakers, but that, I, I, so it just seems like a silly statement, but, you know, to your point, Kevin, these Christmas Day games, they are not for us. Right, they're for the casual fan that's going to turn it on, although I would say, you would think Fox a casual... Cool to see. Right, you would think the cat or, or the casual fan would want to see a game that's going to be really intense with a bunch of players playing really well. Whereas, and this isn't a slight at the Knicks, but this, the Knicks are slightly dysfunctional and they don't have a full, uh, you know, built out contending team right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I get it. Like don't get me wrong, New York is is definitely not the more entertaining team. It's just the reality is is that market is a monster. Um, you know, it's the same way the Lakers always get on this year. At least the Lakers are a little more entertaining with Lonzo and, you know, with some of the younger guys coming along a bit more. I always find that the MLK day slate of games is a bit more competitive for real basketball fans. But we'll, um, you know, like I said, overall, I feel like this is a pretty good slate, though. There's not too much to complain about. Uh, number two. So all 30 NBA teams will start with the same coach they had last year. I like that it's him put in the outline. He put "Wow" in all caps, exclamation <laughs> points. So I feel like I should include that. But um, so the question that I have for you guys is: Which team is most likely to have a coaching change midseason? Ooh. Also, that's just amazing that all thirty teams. Well, like really we didn't is. have we didn't have a, a coaching change last season, and we're still going into this one uh, without a coaching change. I was going to say, what was it the year before that? We had a bunch of coaching changes. So maybe it's just like that, like calm after the storm. You know, where everyone's like, all right, we got to give these guys some run, let them have a few years to really just either prove well, themselves pe- worthy or not worthy. Well, and I think people are seeing that patience is key with coaches. You know, it, mm-hmm. it genuinely hurts with a lot of these guys who are 19, 20, 21 years old when they have how many coaches and how many years, you know, maybe it hurts their development. That was always the argument for Boogie in Sacramento is that he never really had a consistent coach. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So uh, I guess what coaches are you thinking might be on the hot seat this uh, this uh, season? I- I picked one, and that is Alvin Gentry. I think yeah. that with the with the Pelicans having so much to prove this particular uh, season, if they want to try and retain Boogie, um, 
that it's it's if it's not working with Boogie, I think they're going to look to the coach on this one. Yeah, we talked about Alvin Gentry a little bit on the anti awards episode, and I I think too for better or for worse, if they don't cl- if they don't mesh right away, Gentry is just going to be the scapegoat for better or for worse. Um, because you know you're not going to really sell on talent like that necessarily. I think they're going to try to give it as many chances as they can to see if it works. So I agree with Alvin Gentry. Um, two others that come to mind is is Fred Hoiberg, just because he perpetually feels like he's on the hot seat, even though I've repetitively said on this podcast, I don't think a lot of Chicago's issues are Hoiberg's fault. And, of course, your boy Earl Watson. I just think that no, if it, no. I think they like him, too, and the players like him, but you don't think if it really, really goes bad that they don't try to improve there at all? No, no, absolutely not. Not this season, anyway. I was I was going to bring up, uh, you know, I was wondering how hot Doc Rivers' seat is going to get because he just lost the other duties, and now they're telling him focus solely on coaching. And I know they lost, uh, you know, Chris Paul, but if it really takes a step back and, you know, they're looking for a scapegoat, I could see them. I could see them poking poking at Doc Rivers a little bit, mainly because they're already starting to take duties away from him. Yeah, the thing with Doc this season, though, which I think helps him a little bit, is there aren't really expectations. You know, you got right. Blake. I think if Doc does a good job with the talent and starts to put the core of the next Clippers team together, I, I think that he may get a longer leash. But if it really, again, if it really goes off the rail, it wouldn't surprise me necessarily either. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see what happens there because you know it's never a good sign once they start taking duties away from you. Um, and I understand maybe they just uh, it wasn't working obviously, but maybe now they're just like, hey man, focus solely on coaching. And if if the coaching side of it isn't isn't coming together to their liking, they're like, look, we we th- we attributed that to you having too many duties. We took away some of your duties, and you're still not producing on the side we want. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to move on. And so the third and final question before we get here in the mailbag here is which team do you guys think will have the greatest win increase next season? All right, I, I just want to preface this for the love of God, just guys, don't say the Sixers, man. Just, <laughs> I'm let's not. Just let's just make this interesting. Uh, for me, though, I my top two is uh, the Timberwolves, who won 31 last season. I think we're going to see a big step from them, and then uh, the other one over on the West as well would actually be the Pelicans, winning 34. Uh, I could see them making a, a really big leap with some of the talent they've been able to add around Boogie and some of the shooting. And I actually think that the the Rondo get wasn't uh, wasn't a, a bad one at all. I, I I like your I like your picks. I, I'm pretty convinced on that too. I'm curious to see what happens with the Hornets. Because they've changed their team around a whole lot. I know the chemistry is always going to be an issue, but they won 36 last year, so I could see. I had them third. Yeah, I could see them really increasing that, um, and 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 I'd like to see how they do. But I'm also worried because it's one of those things with the Hornets. If it doesn't mesh, and then everyone gets upset, and you got Dwight Howard not in a good spot, it can go downhill really fast, and then maybe they don't, you know, increase their wins at all. But I really do think with the talent they put on that team and and what they're working with now. Uh, they they should w- win a good amount more games in my opinion. And, well, and wolf- to, to not to cut you off, uh, but to another point, the East got a lot less competitive in the middle ground area. In my well, opinion. that was going to be a, a, a lot of what my argument is. Is I ended up, I did pick the Timberwolves because I think with thirty one and then you add Jimmy Butler, even in the West, I think they can increase by at least ten games minimum. Um, I looked at Denver at first and Paul Millsap. I like a lot of what they've done, but they won 40 last year. So it's yeah. tough for me to say how many they'll win more in the West. But the East is is interesting. And to your point, the wild card, I think between Detroit, I think between Charlotte, I think between the Sixers, like there's a few teams in there that all, you know, the, the Sixers, I don't think necessarily as much because the talent is all still young. But with Detroit and Charlotte, you know, you're at that 37, 36 win mark. And I don't necessarily think they got either got exponentially better, but in an Eastern conference where everything's up for grabs and where a few teams definitely got worse. You know, you look at the playoff teams, Indiana, definitely worse, Chicago, worse, Atlanta, worse. You know, there's a lot of opportunities there to rise. And in the East, I think you, we could see some drastic swings if a team gets hot, you know, in the middle of the season. Yeah. And don't forget that the Hornets were three and 17 in games that Cody Zeller missed. Yeah. Yeah. Cody Zeller uh-huh. was, was, a, was a big point of that, which was so surprising uh-huh. to me once I did some digging into that. I think we talked about that in our anti-awards episode, but it's just like one player swung it so much for them. 
Right. And now they added Dwight Howard. I mean, that team just has such limited upside yeah. uh, to it. But, you know, 36, I, I, I think, is too low. But I think the Wolves, right, they like they have to yeah. be the prime candidate for a team that's really going to step up. Plus, I mean, if you look at how much better they were at the second half of um, of last season, although they've had some pretty big some pretty big roster changes. And I think people are a bit too low on Teague. Like he does his job and he does his job, you know, fairly well. Uh, look at every team he's been on for what the past really his entire career. But he, I, I don't think he's a single one of the teams that he's played on has had a losing record. Now teams are Teague in, in my opinion is one of those like scapegoat point guards where he plays really well, but it's not like, I guess it's not like flashy enough that people are like, Oh yeah, it's not his fault. So when they start losing, it's like, Oh, it's that guy. He's not doing anything crazy. So he kind of gets that scapegoat card almost. Yeah, it's still on all every team he plays on is above five hundred. Yeah, I mean he was he's a big part of uh, he was a huge part of the Hawks' success. I think mm-hmm. that the the Pacers were actually surprisingly good last year. Um, it took maybe a not because we thought they were going to be to start the season, but I thought they ended yeah. the season, uh, you know, on a really strong note. And anyway, Wolves, Wolves. I think this is the Wolves' year. It's Mom Zone. Breaking news: The Fremont family declares where they're going for back to school. The Fremonts are going with Academy. Uh, Mrs. Fremont, why Academy over another store? When my kids say they'll never use math in the real world, I just show them how low my Academy receipt is. You have any other thoughts? Look, back to school is a numbers game, and numbers don't lie. Nobody starts your season with better brands and lower prices than Academy. Academy Sports and Outdoors. For all, for less. Price match guarantee details at Academy.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ask Us Anything mailbag. We appreciate you guys sending us in all these questions. We have taken a bunch of them here, and so we're just going to run down these. They're going to be a bit all over the place, so again, bear with us. Um, We're going to be kind of jumping back and forth from tangent to tangent. So first up on Facebook, we got a question from Mark Merciano. And Mark asks, who do you think will have a better win-loss record at the end of the regular season, the Suns or the Lakers? Oh, man, the Lakers, and it's not even close, dude. Adding you Brooke think? Lopez just just for one. Well, the Lakers are trying to win right now. Uh, don't forget that I think a lot of people didn't watch a lot of the Nets last season or the season before, the season before, the season before that. <laughs> uh, but Brooke Lopez is the all-time leading scorer. Uh, for the Nets, mm-hmm. you know, he he his three-point shot just came out of nowhere. He's a quality player. I think that you're going to see the Lakers that are actually trying to win games right now, whereas the Suns had, did not add anybody this offseason. Um, Pending. Brandon Knight, you can say what you want about him, but his injury, his ACL injury, uh, leaves a gaping hole uh, in the backcourt, um, especially for those bench minutes where you're going to have a, a second-round draft pick and, and Davon Reed and, and Tyler Eulis from last year's second-round draft pick taking up the lion's share of those minutes. Uh, the Lakers are trying to win. The Suns aren't. The Lakers are definitely going to finish with a better record. I would, I would just to play devil's advocate, and Tim, I know you don't want to talk about this much, but depending on where Kyrie goes, I could see the Suns starting to win a few more games as well. Um, I agree the Lakers team right now is poised to have a few more a few more wins. I would I would agree with that. But if if Kyrie comes over, I could see the Suns getting some wins out of that as well. Right. Well, yeah. I, I made that argument on the assumption Kyrie's not there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I get that. Yeah. And then and then in that case, yes, I would say Lakers. Yeah. If Kyrie's over there, I think the Suns definitely win more games. Um, if the Lakers, if nothing changes at all. You know, I, I tend to agree. I think the Suns have fully bought into the timeline. I think the Suns know what they're doing. It's all about development. They're not necessarily trying to win games. You know, last year they were two games apart. I think the Lakers, again, with Brooke Lopez, with a few more of their guys a bit further along than some of Phoenix's guys, I think that helps too. So I'm more inclined to think L.A. is going to win more games. But again, that all changes if Kyrie Irving does indeed end up in Phoenix. But this leads us right into our next question from our friends at Crazy Stats who ask us, who is a better record in 2016-2017, the Suns or the Sixers? I would like to I would like to hope that it would be the Sixers based off the the young talent, but I would be scared to say if injuries come in, I could see the Suns having it, but I would I would like to say everyone's talking about the Sixers contending for a playoff spot, which this year was around 40-ish wins which is a lot more wins that the Sixers need to get. But I would say in that aspect, if everyone's talking about us contending for maybe an eighth seed, it should be the Sixers in that theory. 
I mean, I'm going to go as far to say if, if two or three of the Sixers players are healthy, that it's the Sixers regardless. And that's not even to think that it has nothing to do with the talent. It has everything to do with the simple fact that the Sixers play in the East. Yeah. Like the Suns don't. The Suns have a t- are going to have a tougher schedule than the Sixers are. I think they're kind of in similar situations. The Sixers a little bit further along. But just the reality of us playing in the East, I think that that is enough to swing it alone for me. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the Sixers. I mean, you guys, again, you guys play in the East. Right. We, we got it a little bit easier. You know, um, also, I think that you guys are trying to win games this year. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I completely agree. If, yeah. every, if everybody's healthy in the Eastern Conference, like I said, it, it can be an interesting season. You just got to keep everybody healthy, at least yeah. two of the three. That's the thing. If Ben and Fultz are healthy, you know, Embiid is really the wild card, but we'll have to see. Next question comes on Facebook from Griffin Dean Smith. He asks, what can the NBA do to make August interesting? July was just plain bonkers entertainment. Um, Mine sort of brings it to, so the big three right now, which I'm not a huge fan of. I know that Justin likes it a little bit more than than I do. But I know that right now, um, you know, so for example, last month we had like the NBA Africa game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if they were to do, you know, you have a lot of players that are playing in like pro AM and that are, you know, are working out together and doing all this. I think if they were to get some sort of tournament going between the players and make like actual teams sort of how the big three did it. You know, all these players are playing against each other anyway. The only difference is um, it's not tournament style. They aren't necessarily being broadcast, but they could do that a bit more than they're than they're doing during the month of August because the month of August is hard. But the, what's such a shame about it is you have all this international ball that's being played right now. Uh, again, you have the pro AM. Uh, you have all these tournaments that are being played all over the country, um, but they aren't really doing anything with them. And I think that if they were to make a larger effort to do something with these uh, with these tournaments, that that would help yeah. out a lot. I I agree with that. I also am a firm believer in the um, I don't even know what what theory you would call it, but you you have to lose something to realize how much you enjoyed it. So I think there needs to be a month where it goes away or you're like, man, I I really want basketball back. So that way, when it does come back, you appreciate it. And I was saying they are they have been doing things that at least keep it interesting in the in the, you know, talk about the NBA world where they're releasing the jerseys, they're releasing the 2K ratings. So there's still talk going on about it. There's just not broadcasting the games like you're saying, which for me at least puts it back in the mindset of, man, I miss basketball. I can't wait till it comes back so I can watch it again. I almost appreciate the the loss so that I understand how much I miss it. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And it's already <laughs> essentially turned into a year-round league. I mean, even since we've started this podcast, I mean, the the rise of Summer League, especially in Vegas, you know, that first Saturday, it was sold out. That's the first time that's ever happened. You know, it's really taken a, a lot of steam away from that. I think the NBA is trying to push on a few other things. You know, I think the league is really trying to push people to watch the WNBA. It's always an option for everybody out there. Um you know, the big three is around. Tim talked about that. The basketball tournament just happened. That was a super fun, um, you know, little tournament there with the winner getting $2 million in cash. The final was nuts. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough because I think I, I'm more of in Justin's camp. I think we all need a, that month off. I think August is good for everybody's soul. You know, and the NBA, it just continues to get crazier and crazier. We, you know, we never know the Kyrie thing. We all thought August was going to have nothing at all. And then this whole Kyrie Irving thing happened. But, you know, I, I agree. I think we all kind of I'd love to see them go year round. But I also think that month off helps everybody kind of appreciate it and enjoy it more. And I, and I want there to be meaning, too. It's why I'm glad the preseason is shorter this year. Oh, thank goodness the preseason shorter. And the <laughs> thing about the preseason being short is I'm, I'm so hungry to go watch basketball. I've been like. Maybe I'll I'll go down to Orlando and and catch some preseason games, and then I'm just thinking I just don't want to buy tickets to a preseason game. <laughs> no. For one thing, they, they aren't cheaper. No, no, no. I'm real cool on ever going to a preseason basketball game. Well, like it's no, cool. That's ridiculous because you live like five minutes away and you can get upper level for like ten dollars. You should go. Me, I have to drive all the way down there. I have to get lower level because it's a two and a half hour drive. If you don't go to preseason games, I'm just going to think that you don't actually like basketball at this point. Dude, there are better <laughs> things I can do than watch preseason in person everything i need to know about you and your love of uh hockey <laughs> is right there <laughs> i don't want to watch it, hockey preseason either i don't watch i don't, i'm not watching nfl preseason right now really preseason sucks like i watch it but it's like you know you want it, i want to be excited for opening night you know i watch i watch summer league i i watch five hours of consecutive summer league basketball i think i can handle preseason Next question comes from Instagram. 
is from the Bird Coop 668. I'm trying to get all these questions out of the way early. He asks, can the Sixers get a better seed than the seventh, and who will they beat out? I guess I'm just going to take this one first to get this out of the way. Um, yes, I think they can get better than the seventh seed. Um, I think if they make the playoffs, seven seed is realistically around where I think they're going to fall, seven or eight. I think absolute best case scenario, if everything goes right, it's the quote-unquote golden scenario, as I like to call it for certain teams. I think the Sixers could be as high as five or six. I don't think that's realistically going to happen. Um, I think they're probably somewhere between seven and ten when all is said and done. Um, it would require everyone being healthy. It would require Redick averaging, you know, continuing his excellent level of shooting. It would require the second unit have have had all that seasoning over the last few years pay off and then be able to handle some end game situations. Um, who would they beat out? Um, I mean, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference right now. You know, I, I've said on this show, I think, you know, Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, Washington, Milwaukee, all definitively better. Um, I think Miami is still probably better than the Sixers, and that's kind of where I have them fall in that range. You know, I could see them beat Detroit. I could see them beat Charlotte. Um, you know, Indian Chicago have fallen. Atlanta's fallen. Um, you know, those would be the two most likely teams for them to beat out. And I could be, I could see them jumping Miami and getting into that like six spot. But you know, realistically, I, it would take a lot to get five or six. I probably have them more around seven or eight or nine. I yeah, I have them. If they're in the playoffs, it's going to be an eight seed. I don't see it being any higher than that. And I I still think that's going to be that's going to be a really good season, in my opinion. I I know you mentioned beating out the Hornets. I know you mentioned beating out the Heat. I don't think I don't think we do that. I think we'll be competing with the with the uh, Pistons for the eighth seed, and and it'll be close if if everyone's healthy. I don't. There's no way in my mind they make it to five six. I don't even think they make it to seven. Well, and the only reason this is possible, by the way, is because they play in the East. If they played in the West, I would not be talking this optimistically about their playoff chances. It's just the East is so bad. I agree. I'm I, just th- like- I think a, a lot of the teams in the East did get worse. Um, but, you know, again, to to Justin's point, I think even if you're looking at just Charlotte, yeah. uh, where you have Kimball Walker, Nick Batum, Dwight Howard, you know, say what you want. But, the, you know, those are all seasoned players mm-hmm. limited upside oh. but you know seasoned players and i think that we could see uh, a stronger season from orlando um that's that could take people by a bit of surprise um than we've seen but you know d- and then detroit but you know detroit also added a for bradley and i think mm-hmm. that's going to pay dividends for them as well like reggie jackson a full year of him being healthy um you know we'll, we'll see what they get out of andre drummond but he's no slouch so <clears throat> likely that they'll be competing for that eighth seed but i don't know how many more times you have to say if healthy I feel like we can't say that enough. All right, next question comes from who else, Sarah? She asks, who do you think is going to score for the Jazz? <laughs> Rodney Hood, man. You think Hood? I was going to say Gobert. Yeah. No, they're, I think they're, I mean, Gobert is better offensively than people give him credit for, but I think if, they, if they're looking for uh, that go-to score, that they're going to be looking for Rodney Hood to really uh, take a step forward this season. Also, he's going to have, you know, Ricky Rubio throwing him those dimes the whole time. That's what I was saying about, that was my same argument for Gobert. I was like, man, you have Gobert down low, Ricky Rubio throwing in those passes. Oh, man. I'd also say you could you could potentially look at their uh, rookie, Donovan Mitchell. He did really good in summer league. I don't know how many minutes they would give him. And you obviously don't want to rely on a rookie to be scoring. But he uh, he averaged 28 points in summer league. So he's proven already, at least in that aspect, that he can rack up the numbers pretty quickly. So I'd be interested to see uh, to see what run they give him. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be Rodney Hood by default. You know, I'm looking at the Jazz roster, and he just, you know, I look at this up and down, and he seems like the only guy who I could see going off for 30 points. I think they are going to make a point to feed Gobert more this year. And and to Tim's point, I do think Gobert is actually kind of underrated offensively. He's only a lob and dunk guy, but you can still get 20 points out of lobs and dunks real quick, and I think they're going to make a point to try to feed him with Rubio that helps with the creativity. I also, you know, Joe Engels could score. Um... You know, he's obviously brings that shooting aspect to the team. Um, you know, I like Don, I do like Donovan Mitchell too. He's a rookie, so I don't want to. You know, you can't. I don't think you can expect a ton out of him. But I did like that pick. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with Tim here. I think I think uh, Rodney Hood is going to be the guy who, for better or for worse, has to pick up the majority of that offensive load. Jazz are going to. You know, they still got to figure that out now. Unfortunately, without Hayward, that's you know they got to figure out where that scoring is going to come from. 
All right, so the next question comes from Andrew Morgan on Facebook. He asks us, thoughts on the new Nike and Jordan uniforms, best and worst so far? I can't tell you worse, but I can tell you that the Suns ones, not to be a homer, are so effing sexy. <laughs> like, I've never I've never liked a uniform as much as I love these Suns ones. I saw are them you getting was, one? Uh, I don't really want a jersey, man. Oh, um, dude, you got to get one. Now with the timeline, you have to. I, I Here's the thing about jerseys. Like, I, I'm skinny and they don't look good on me. So I, I don't really want to spend, <laughs> spend 70 or 80. But um, I was fully expecting to just hate them or be, uh, you know, really mediocre about them. But I saw them and I've looked at them so many times and they are so sexy. <laughs> I, I I tend to agree most of them. I haven't really hated one yet. Um, I think, Tim, you and me had talked about Denver's where it was like, okay, they kind of look like the Pacers a little bit. But even they, do. they look just like the Pacers. Yeah, no, Denver's is garbage. I'm glad somebody brought them up. Denver is definitely one of the ones that's not that good. Those blue jerseys they took. The Denver jerseys have got to be baby blue, and I don't know why they haven't done that. Embrace the powders, but like, no, the Denver jerseys are horrible. They but, aren't horrible. Like, They're just I liked the Pacers them. Yeah. jersey. They it's right. like literally the Pacers. the Pacers jersey. And I liked them. It was fine. Like I'm not the red in the Cavs bothered me at one point, but then I was like, you know what? That's actually kind of sick. Um, and, and I mean, I I haven't hated one yet, so that's yeah, I've liked most of them. I mean, I liked who have we see. I mean, I like Charlotte's a lot. I like the Sixers ones a lot. Not that they changed anything really. I really like the Clippers ones. I think the Clippers new jerseys are really great. Um, the Cavs jerseys aren't bad. Oh, no, another one. I don't like Minnesota's at all. I really don't like Minnesota's with the stripes, and I don't like the color scheme they went with, and it just, oh, it's so bad. It looks like a knockoff Wizards jersey now. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Instagram. It comes from Hex 99 and the question is very simple. Who is the best pickup basketball player between the three of you? This is all you. Who is the best Why do pickup I have basketball to, player? Wait, hold on. Why do I have to answer this? I, you I have the best opinion. <laughs> I would say it depends on what scheme of the game you're looking for. Oh if you're looking God. for defense, if you're looking for offense, it's different people. Uh-huh. Okay, so <laughs> Justin definitely is hands down the best player uh, between us. I mean, period. He just he just is. The only yeah. thing I would say about Justin's game is I really wish that when I was handling the ball that Justin would set more screens yeah. because I'm really good at at getting that to you if you decide to pop or you decide to roll. I'm really good at that, and I'm really good coming off the curl as well. I just need Justin to set more screens, um, and that's the only part of his game where I'm like, man, that's he could really improve on that. The other thing is me and Tim don't get to play with each other that often. We're usually playing against each other when it comes to pick up. I've noticed. Well, that was Tim, that was Tim and I. The last time I played when I was up in Jacksonville, I played with Tim, and I was like, I think this is the first time that this has ever actually happened. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, me, me and Kevin usually end up on the same team. Yeah, Justin, Justin is definitely the best out of the three of us. I've, we've said this many times. Um, Justin is really good at getting to the rack, um, and that helps a lot. And then when Justin's jumpers on, it just the, the thing you can do with Justin is that if he if his jumpers not on, you can kind of force him to the rack every time. And then you can at least play a little bit of defense, throw a late double on. But if Justin starts just draining jumpers, there's literally nothing you can do. At what least was, that Tim and I can do. What Tim? What was what the very first game we played in the last pickup? Uh, you, oh, dude. You said <laughs> the very first play he sagged off just a little bit from three. Like, not even that much sagged off. Like, just a small amount. And I <laughs> drained it. It's like, oh, and, man. And I jumped up and I, I swore we touched, like, hand to hand. And you just <laughs> drained the three-pointer right over me. I was like. This is just, this is so Justin. Like, that's how the day is going to go. That's funny. Like, and then I didn't make another three the rest of the day, so you were fine. <laughs> I, and then I think we were on the, the same team after that. But regardless, yeah. we spent enough time talking about us playing pickup basketball. The ball does not lie. All right, next question comes from Jacob Dorn on Facebook. He asks us who will win Rookie of the Year, and he thinks Josh Jackson for what it's worth. No, 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 Josh Jackson's not. Josh Jackson isn't going to get the opportunity uh, because you have uh, T.J. Warren right now who is going into a contract season. He was Suns' leading scorer to start the season. He was Suns' leading scorer to end the season. Uh, that mysterious head injury uh, really threw things for a loop. And the whole reason I bring him up is because the Suns are going to need to play him a lot uh, to figure out whether or not they want to extend that contract. For me, I'm going Dennis Smith Jr. I think he has a, yeah. a, the, the, the the talent and uh, the best situation. The, the way I looked at it was uh, opportunity. I think me and Tim were talking about this off the mic, where Dennis Smith Jr., you look at the team, there's a lot of opportunity to score. Uh, you look at, you look at 
you look at players like uh, Ball, and I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity running point for the Lakers where he could come out here and be really flashy with the assists. I know his, his shooting percentage in Vegas wasn't that great. You would assume that comes around, but I think players like that that are going to be on the court a lot, scoring a lot. I, I kind of write off Fultz only because there's a bunch of options for the Sixers. So I, I kind of like I like the Smith uh, pick, Tim, and I, and I think Ball could probably be in the conversation as well. Yeah, I'm not really going to change it up too much from everything you guys have said. I think Dennis Smith is on the best team right now, and so I think that helps. Um, I think he's in a situation where he, you know, the Mavericks have needed a point guard, and I think Dennis Smith always has been one of the more NBA-ready prospects. So I'm inclined to say Dennis Smith as well. I think Lonzo Ball will be in the mix just off the Showtime element of it as well, and the fact that he'll get a lot of exposure playing with these guys. I do think the Sixers, too, with Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz will also both be in the mix. You know, you wonder how much they cannibalize each other's arguments. But again, I also think those are, you know, they were back-to-back number one picks. I think the number one picks always are going to be in the mix. But if I were to pick one, I'll, you know, I'll make it universal. I think Dennis Smith Jr., he's just in the best situation. He'll get the playing time. He's the unquestioned starter. All those things matter when, when we're talking about Rookie of the Year. All right, so next question comes from Vincent Ho on Facebook. He asks us, do you think Nike will have a say on where Paul George goes next season? Nike's marketed him with the PG-13 brand, but he obviously can't wear that if he goes to the Lakers. Also, obviously can't wear 24 if he goes to the Lakers. I think we've seen from the Christmas games that money matters. But uh, then not I, wonder- that I, I think they'll have a say on whether or not he goes to the Lakers, but I, I do think that that money matters. I wonder how much more we're going to see this now that, like, um, you know, they're starting to have advertisements on the jerseys where, like, if a team has, like, an Adidas thing or something like that on a jersey, and, like, LeBron James obviously wouldn't be able to go to that team because he's lifetime Nike. So I wonder how they would uh, would approach that. I wonder I wonder what's going to happen going forward because you kind of open, a, a, open a, a can of worms with this. Uh, they're super serious about this stuff, too. Like, if you, if you look at some of the... Um, AAU tournaments that are hosted by Nike and are hosted by Adidas, some of those same teams, um, you know, like a, a, a team that plays for the Nike tournament can't play for a team that's uh, you can't play for the Adidas tournament, well, for example. And, and they're super stringent with that. And that's just like AAU basketball. And we aren't talking about LeBron James. Well, I was going to say, what was it when they when they won the conference finals? Uh, LeBron James's hat was just a blank black hat because it was an Adidas hat that everyone else was wearing. And I noticed it. I was like, why is this different? I was like, oh, Adidas, good call, LeBron. You don't want to ever- that up so mm-hmm. i am curious to see how this goes going forward it's it's definitely going to be something that's going to have to be addressed more and more as we as we move further into this advertising era it's so ridiculous all across the board i'm just going to say that the, the whole AAA, aau circuit with advertisers having influence on that is so ridiculous like i get it but it's ridiculous. Um, I don't, you know, Paul George is interesting because I, I, I think obviously Nike's going to have a little bit of a say. I don't think they're going to push him to the Lakers. You know, I think they're part of that, you know, element to maybe push him to the Lakers. But also with Paul George, if he has success with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City, are the Lakers a better situation or are you playing with a guaranteed superstar? You know, it's interesting with Russ. You know, not not to pivot a little bit, but, you know, people have said the focus with this year with Russ is, okay. now last year we know what he can do individually. We saw it. He averaged a triple double for a season. It's one of the best seasons in NBA history. But now, you know, this is essentially from my indication is that or what I've been hearing is that Russ is treating this like KD part two and that this is more of an indictment on Ken Russell Westbrook win. So if they're very successful, you know. NBA players can make money in any market. Nike had Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City for how many years, and Kevin Durant's shoes were selling. If you are good, the NBA is so universal, it doesn't matter. You don't need to be in L.A. You don't need to be in New York. You don't need to be in Chicago. You can be in Oklahoma City. You can be in Milwaukee. You can be in you know, other smaller markets and, and still be successful and still draw is the thing. That's, that is the beauty of advertising now in 2017 with everything being digital, with everything being on the computer, with the NBA being smart and embracing digital media and social media and all that, you know, you can, you can don't necessarily need that push, which helps. Hey, plus don't forget that players like Carl Anthony towns among others have LA homes. So even maybe you do want to live in LA, but just because you're playing in another city doesn't mean that you can't live in LA during the off season. Right. Like if I was a super rich millionaire podcaster, I'd probably have a house in L.A. too. But it doesn't mean that would be my primary residence. But like L.A. is sweet. Like I'm not trying to hate on L.A. California is awesome. There's a reason people move there. 
All right, the next question comes from uh, Hickalicious, Hissalicious. Uh, my apologies, I butchered this. This is on Instagram. Um, but he asks us the question, when and how do the Spurs get another one or two stars to put with Kawhi Leonard? And I feel bad doing this, but I'm going to say you can get the answer to this question and all your other Spurs questions in our <laughs> midweek episode with Paul Garcia from Project Spurs. Um, it is our final eliminated teams from the playoff episode that's that series finally coming in to an end here um but we are going to be taking a deep in-depth dive to the spurs i don't want to sound like we're skipping your question but we will have a way better answer for you in like two or three days and from somebody that knows the spurs much better than we do yes right not that saying we can't come up with an answer but just stay tuned it'll be worth it listen to the next episode (laughs) which gets us into our final question which is from griffin Conley, he asks us our worst and best experiences with Fireball. I don't have a great answer <laughs> for this, and that's that's just because I recently got into Fireball, and so you know I'm in my mid 30s, so I really started drinking Fireball at like the age of 32 or 33, and at this point I don't have any, you know, like I'm an adult. So I have my experiences are super adult. I have a bad Fireball story for you. When you paid 15 dollars for a shot of it in Vegas. Yeah. So was it 17? I feel like it was 17. Here's oh. here's the other thing, and, and this is a story with Tim. This isn't my worst experience, but we were down in Orlando after Summer League last year. And I turn to Tim and I say, oh, man, I think I'm going to get Fireball. And Tim says to me, I've never had Fireball. And universally, when somebody tells you they've never had Fireball, that means you buy them a Fireball shot right there. <laughs> so so I bought him one, and then he proceeded to not take it, so I had to take both Fireball shots. That's not a bad No, experience. yeah, then you gave one to me. I ended up taking one, too. I, I even bought, made a point out of this. Yeah, but we ended what, up taking extra ones. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Um, worst Fireball was my 21st birthday. I went to this bar in St. Augustine, and... I had worked at a bar in college, so there's like this weird network of bartenders in St. Augustine that when you go to their bar, they give you drinks for free when you go to, you know, it's just it's just understood, and then you leave a big tip. Uh, so I went there, and this guy was just feeding me fireball shots, and um, I ended up having to, my friend had to come get me, and I they threw me in the truck, or the bed of his truck, and took me home. Um, and apparently it was not a good sight for the next few days where I was just, you know, puking my brains out. So, Ooh. yeah, that, a fireball yeah, is not bad. it's a love hate situation with fireball for me. I'll be honest. I don't really drink a ton of fireball. Um, I think I just like I am a whiskey drinker, so I'd rather just drink whiskey at that point because fireball is a little lighter on the alcohol content, too. And it's very sugary. So that's usually like a, a bad combo all around. Um, I guess my best experience with fireball um, there was a Jags game a few years ago that we went to a Jags Colts game and they were, it, it was the most un Jags game of all time. They were down like 21 at half and then scored like 52 points in the second half and totally blew them out of the water. But we were, we tailgated, um, a bunch of us and, you know, I drank a lot of fireball and it was fun. Uh, um, my worst experience, I don't, I don't really think I have one. I don't really, I don't drink enough fireball. I feel like oh, to necessarily God, have dude. a bad experience. Like I wish I had a, Oh, well that one time I'm in Vegas or that one time here and I got this and did this, but I just like with fireball, I really don't. I just got to say with fireball, you, it goes South so fast. Like there's just, there's no in between. It's either you're going to be fine or it will be the worst next few hours of your life. <laughs> <laughs> if this had, if this had been your worst and best experiences with Jose, Cuervo, this could have been a very different story. Um, but I'm, but yeah, Fireball, I just, I, I don't, I don't drink it enough. I don't feel like to have a super bad experience with it. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for hitting us up with all those mailbag questions on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook at Drive and Dish NBA. Um, if you want to support the show and you want to get yourself a Drive and Dish podcast t shirt, we do have one. Just go to driveanddishpodcast.com and the link is right there on the front page. And we are a part of the Almighty Baller Network. You can check out all the other podcasts uh, that we are friends with. Just go to almightyballer.com. And, of course, follow us on all our social media pages as is where you can get future mailbag questions in. Make sure you're following us on Facebook at Driving Dish NBA Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Driving Dish NBA. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Driving Dish Podcast. I think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? See you, Starside. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Hey! Let's go while we're young. All right, all right, I think they get the point.
It's Mom Zone. Breaking news, the Fremont family declares where they're going for back to school. The Fremonts are going with Academy. Uh, Mrs. Fremont, why Academy over another store? When my kids say they'll never use math in the real world, I just show them how low my Academy receipt is. Do you have any other thoughts? Look, back to school is a numbers game, and numbers don't lie. Nobody starts your season with better brands and lower prices than Academy. Academy Sports and Outdoors. For all, for less. Price match guarantee details at academy.com. It's Mom Zone. Breaking news, the Fremont family declares where they're going for back to school. The Fremonts are going with Academy. Uh, Mrs. Fremont, why Academy over another store? When my kids say they'll never use math in the real world, I just show them how low my Academy receipt is. Do you have any other thoughts? Look, back to school is a numbers game, and numbers don't lie. Nobody starts your season with better brands and lower prices than Academy. Academy Sports and Outdoors. For all, for less. Price match guarantee details at academy.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.